When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Bleak as this. Okay, welcome to another episode of Chessie Hour. Um, I'm joined by Babs. What are you saying, Babs? I'm good, bro. I'm good, bro. I'm going to become a regular again. You know, feeling good to be back home in no place like home. Back home. This is your training ground, man. Exactly, man. Exactly. And then we've got <laughs> Buzzy. What are you saying, Buzzy? I'm good, I'm good. How are you guys doing? Good. I feel like, Buzzy, with the new owners, I feel like you're becoming more important to give us that American point of view. You've got to be the liaison, right? right. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. So we are um, off the back of, who did we play yesterday? We played Leeds yesterday. Um, it, obviously, we're towards the end of the season. Essentially, top four should have been wrapped up, but we've made it, in true Chelsea fashion, we've made it difficult. We were playing Leeds. Like I said, we've got American owner, but also we have Pulisic starting for us. And the team we were facing against had an American coach. First time in apparently Premier League history, of course, because it's the first time we've got an American coach, I think. that um, No, Klinsman was a coach, wasn't he? It's the first time mm-hmm. where we had an American player face off against an American coach. But anyway, we were playing Leeds and Arsenal smashed them. However, with the caveat, they had a man sent off in that match. And with Leeds... They just, they work so hard. And so going into the match, was anyone worried? Because it seems like, to be fair, and with good reason, even against a Leeds that is in the relegation zone, we can't be confident as Chelsea fans at this point. So, Buzzy, over to you. What were your thoughts, man? Yeah, I mean, given our recent form, I was basically taking no result for granted at this stage, um, especially when a team has, has something to fight for. Um, luckily, it it didn't stay too nervy for long given announced early goal, great strike, and um, them getting a man sent off kind of killed any any fear I had. You still, though, even then, even then, I will, will say, uh, <laughs> down to 10 men and up a goal, because of how we've been playing, there was still a little bit of that, like, are we going to figure out a way to blow this? Like, are they going to score a late goal because we can't get a second? But we got a second. We eventually got a third. It was, it was, no, it was no sweat in the end. Give my memory, but who, who did we play before? It was two goals up. And I know it wasn't long ago. It was two goals off and they came back. Wolves. Wolves, Wolves last game. Yeah. So this is why we, we couldn't be comfortable. Uh, Babs, quickly on, on the Leeds game, was you fearing it? You know, I had a bad feeling, as I said in the group chat, and it wasn't about, it was very much about the game in general. Yeah. And obviously we saw the Kovacic thing, but in terms of playing Leeds, I wasn't too worried because I know they've shipped the most amount of goals this season. Okay. You know, after yesterday's what 77 goals so surely we, surely we're gonna eat somehow you know surely we're gonna eat somehow but it was just about you know remaining resolute and not fumbling like we did against United and we did against Wolves and yeah. we did against Everton so making yeah. sure that we, we we broke that um that chain because what is after that, that's what the, I think that's the first time this season we've gone three games without a win if I'm correct in thinking Ooh. but yeah obviously yeah. you wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't want to really go any longer than that so it, I, I was pretty confident that we wouldn't let it go that, that much longer. It got to the point where I was starving for a win. Like, it felt like we didn't know how to win anymore. And it's crazy that free games will do that to you. But um, off the back of the game, one of the big conversations is, so we kind of 
held slappings recently to Arsenal, um, to Brentford. And I think, what was the game? Was it Everton? That Jorginho came off and then we conceded the goal. So a lot of people like to do what I think can be a lazy thing in, in terms of saying if Jorginho played those games, then we wouldn't have been slapped. So I want to kind of have a conversation over Jorginho. And because I think coming into the match, uh, Tuchel did mention it saying he wanted to play Jorginho to help us with it counter-attack because he thinks that he's someone that is an organiser and then I think after the game there was some words and talk about Jorginho as well being organising and again the narrative from the Jorginho the J5 hive was that see told you so when Jorginho is playing we control therefore no slappings and obviously as Chelsea fans there have been games where we've been slapped I think even recently the Real Madrid game with the Benzema I think we I know, I know it's Real Madrid so it's a different level we're talking about even being worried about Brentford. So maybe it's just a different level, but I kind of wanted to get your opinion on it. We want to start with Buzzy, because I know, if just to give a little bit of context, I know you seem to be an objective person, but you're, you're not necessarily sold on Jorginho. So yeah, give me your thoughts on, on what I've just described. Yeah, I'm not always sold. I do think, I think his performances this season have been a little more up and down. I think he's had more visibly poor games than maybe he had in the past. Um, but I was also, to give him credit, looking at the games he started in, and we really, like, it's mostly wins and some draws. Um, I think regardless, I think the, the main takeaway is really, it's more about the team setup, is regardless of where exactly you land on his individual performance level or ability, um, the way we set up is having him with that skill set in, in general as, as that role is important for the way we play. We've seen a lot of like Kovacic and uh, Loftus-Cheek um, pivot pairings and them, them kind of both getting forward has left us pretty exposed. So I, I think um, a natural sitter and a person of cycle possession and be safe with it, um, even if you're losing a bit of the expansive play or a little bit of attacking outlet, um, it, you know, is still, is still worth it. I think we're a little more, a little more stable or a little, the system, the system is just made kind of for that. So it, it lacks when it's, when it's missing. Uh, it's kind of visible that we don't play. We don't play as well or don't really control game as well there have also been times where Gino has played and we haven't been good exactly. so it's not a guarantee exactly. obviously but exactly. um yeah it, it uh it you know it's better it's more often than not better when he when he's in that role so okay. and, i have and, to i have to give him that and then <laughs> i love it when you say you have to really <laughs> but to give him that <laughs> but um would you say there's anyone in our current squad that can also do that role for us? Or do you think currently, just with the players we have, it's Jorginho that can do that role? I think it's mostly him. I think players can do aspects of that role, um, but not, not all of it. Or if they can do it, their inclination is still to get more forward okay. than he does or to look to dribble or to look to drive because that's just kind of the profiles we okay. have. Like Kovacic, Loftus-Cheek, even Conte, um, yeah. they, they prefer to run or get forward the ball. And Jorginho gets up there sometimes, but that's not really what you, yeah. you Kante, expect. What you Kante, expect from him. Kante in his head is the Black Zidane. Uh, Babs, what's your thoughts on this whole Jorginho makes us better, makes us better defensively, we control, etc.? Um, I feel like it's a bit of confirmation bias, if that's the, mm-hmm. if that's the right term. Because uh, you know you know, people have like an idea in their head and it's like, mm-hmm. you know, this is the best way to play. This mm-hmm. is the only way that can work. Mm-hmm. And then when it happens, like, oh, see, you know, I, I told you so. You know, yeah. I, I guess we can call it I told you so analysis. Yeah. I mean, that's the title of the pod. But yeah, I, I feel like people, people get in their bag. But I, I do agree with them in some aspects that Jorginho does give you that um that control in the sense of the fact that when, when, it, when the game is played and he can bring it to his tempo, Mm-hmm. We will control games, you know, and we will minimize a lot of risks that are that are happening. It's, it's kind of like I feel like when games get get chaotic, whereby he kind of like struggles a bit more in terms of like getting his foot on the foot, foot on the wall and like really making things tick. But yeah. I, I do think in a game like against Leeds, whereby they press so wildly, I, I do think he works pretty well because they're not going to be able to be able to like get to Jorginho when he's playing those one touch passes or he's playing the passes around the corner. You know, he's doing that turn he loves to do. So I, I feel like games like this kind of do work for him in, in that regard, especially when there's not really much midfield quality. Not to take away from him, because he did play a, a good game, even though it was 10 men. But, you know, I, I, I do think that there is truth in what these people are saying. But yeah. I also think it's a bit of, like, preconceived notions are, are, are allowing people to, like, mm. push through their agendas. If what, you know I'd what, say, what I'd say is we, we, we all do it anyway. Like, so... <laughs> yeah, we all do it. We all do it. We all do it. We all do it. 
Because we've said similarly in the past, we've said recently, like, oh, well, every time we lose, it's like, well, if this player was in, then we would have right. done X. Or if it, right, and then, right, you know, right. it's really exactly. more, we had this discussion on a, on a recent podcast I was on where like, yeah. it's really more about what the team is doing in the setup. Yeah. And I agree, Babs, like Leeds is not the best example, like a, a team that can't defend or really play that well in relegation. And then they had a man sent off. Like this one game is not going to be like, see, look what happens when Jorginho plays. But like I said, to his credit, I think we've only lost twice this season when he started a game. So, yeah. you know. I- and you know what, what's funny? Coming into the match, the commentator, I, I don't know who it was because I wasn't looking at the screen at the time, but he was saying that, um, and don't forget, Lewis Bate, ex-Chelsea Academy, he started that match as well. But he was saying, um, I fancy Leeds to get in and around because, they, you know, everybody knows Leeds being high intensity. And then he was saying that Jorginho is the player they need to concentrate because they fancy them getting onto Jorginho and ruffling with him because he can't handle it. My initial reaction to him, to when he said it was that, are, are you stupid? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, uh, he, you know, the thing is, yeah, sorry yeah. to interrupt you. Like, I'm yeah. never the biggest fan of his, yeah. but even I know that that is just, it's, it's just dumb. It, yeah. It's just dumb. Like, it's been proved wrong multiple times. Yeah, it's like he's not new to the Premier League, like, and it's not a new tactic. So um, the fact that he thought it would be easy for them to just do that and get away with it, I thought was silly. But yeah, he had a good game. Um, so my next question about this kind of whole Jorginho take afterwards is that um, we've been linked with Frankie De Jong. Um, so yeah. Been, yeah, we've been linked with Frankie De Jong. Manchester United are said to be the closest and apparently Xavi's already said, actually, I don't mind if he goes. Um, and, and again, a lot of the thought process from some of the Chelsea fans is that actually, if Jorginho goes, we probably need that kind of controller that we've just said for what I think Buzzy articulated earlier. So with the whole Frankie de Jong thing, um, how sold are you on Frankie? We'll start with Buzzy, then we'll go to Babs. Um, I think we've spoken on him before when we were kind of judging judging options. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm open to it. I don't watch Barcelona as closely, yes, so I'm not going to say, I'm not going to speak to how well he is or isn't doing. I also think that team has been a bit of a, a bit of a mess so it's a little hard to judge him um fully but that said he was a very highly rated player who costs a lot so it's not like you can just not like you can just write all that off um Mm -hmm. i'm I'm open to it i don't know if that's where i choose to spend that much money but if the alternative is spending even more money on rice to be like the like possession sort of passing player um I'm less convinced on spending 100 million on rice. So it's, it's, uh, it's yeah. quoted. I mean, I'm open to it. I think he's. I think he's talented. It's quoted at 60 million, and that's euros for for Frankie as well, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Um, Babs, what's your take on it? Yeah. Mm. You know what? Yeah. It's, there's no take on it. He's a good player, but uh, I'm not sure if he's a if he's a DM per se. Mm-hmm. You know, in that regard, because when I when I have watched Barca. He's played in the eight, and obviously they, the reason why they do that is because they still got Busquets, and for, mm-hmm. for some, well, I'll leave that to Javi to decide if he still wants to play him there. But for some odd reason, they still do play him. But yeah, I, I do think he actually kind of reminds me of like a, of a Kovacic kind of mold. Yeah. So I'm not sure if he would play as a six, but he obviously pr- probably still does have the ability to play there because I, I don't think it's obviously just going to leave him. But I, I don't see if it's a thing of him coming into play in that position or if it's him coming in and having another player <laughs> right. to sit there. Yeah. But, coming in because he's good versus coming yeah, in exactly. to replace exactly, Jorginho. Because yeah. yeah, I, yeah, I guess there's some players where it's, where it's like, you know, this guy is so good, you, you bring him in and then you start mm. solving other questions later, mm. which has a risk in itself because we've, we've seen how that's worked out for Chelsea in the past in terms of like doing that kind of stuff. But I mean, I think he's a good player. He's a really good passer. You know, he's... Uh, <sighs> I'm just not sure if that's the player that springs to mind as like we need him. You know, I, I don't know. I don't think he's better than Kovacic at this point. So I don't really see why I'd spend double what well not double, but like more than what it costs us to get Kovacic to bring him in on the wages of what that he's on, because he's on a madness if you didn't know that already. So, so yeah, it's, it's a bit it's a bit of a risky one. Allegedly, and this is allegedly because obviously I don't know, I can't confirm it, but allegedly they they said that Tuchel cried when he missed out on him for PSG. Don't fucking don't fucking kill me. <laughs> 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 
it doesn't sound like Tuchel. I know Tuchel is not highly like emotional at all, bro. But it doesn't. It doesn't sound like him. But um, I could. If you told me he had, a, he had like he was angry. Angry, and, yeah. I believe yeah. that, but crying. Yeah, if he was throwing stuff, I would believe it. But um, yeah, I don't know. Where did you hear that? Twitter's a mad place, or somewhere on Twitter. <laughs> um, but so so um, so Frankie Dion. Okay, cool. That's your opinion. There, that's fine. I agree with you in terms of. I heard from a Barcelona fan when I solicited, and don't forget, it's just one fan's opinion, but I solicited their opinion on the whole Frankie situation because I was watching Barcelona and even the commentators were saying it uh, similar to what the Barcelona fan said, to be honest. They said that they tried him in the Busquets position, but he just, he was terrible there. And so they've been moving him around and he played a lot of different positions, trying to find his positions. Apparently his form picked up when Xavi first came in, but even Xavi's happy to let him go. Um, you know what's and, funny as well? Yeah. One of the better games I saw last season, he was playing as centre back. Interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. Oh, football. It's punk football. These guys can play anywhere. But okay, it's, cool. it's one of those like he's technically sound. Mm-hmm. What do you do with him? Like, yeah. and we already have enough, enough sort of, yeah. enough sort of a log jam. So yeah, I don't know cool. if that would be as talented as he is. I don't know if that would be my first way to spend a lot of money. All right, cool. So I'm um, off the back of last game. Pulisic is in really good form. So. Um, at least contributions, he's making contributions. So with Pulisic, I think he played uh, in the 10 role in the last game. And there was a goal that we scored from Werner, which looked like it was onside, but it was a Pulisic pass. And there were other, like, again, after the game from Twitter, you saw clips highlighting the fact that he had was in the key passes. And then again, he scored a good goal, uh, slid it into the far left. Nice, nice little finish. Um, Pulisic... His father came out talking about he's not getting enough chances. And I think directly after that, he's been playing more. So maybe that's a little indication that actually Tuchel's thinking, oh, I might lose him. Let me give him more, you know, let me give him more starts. But he's been delivering. Now, he's in a weird situation, two years left. So again, I'm just going to kind of hot potato the combo over to you, Buzzy. Um, so with Pulisic, what do we do with Pulisic? He's on form. But it looks like he's unhappy and he wants to go. Is it a worrying situation that we might lose another player? Like, what's your thoughts on this whole Pulisic stuff? Yeah, it's a tough one because I think in a in a vacuum, I would say that's a great player to have uh, as an option or on the bench. Um, like if if he could turn this sort of streaky form into more consistent output, because um, even even when he scores, like a lot of his minutes aren't aren't great um i think against i think um like the when when timo had his goal overturned like that was one of his better games as far as creating like a yeah. few chances otherwise though it's kind of like not doing much and then popping up with a goal which is which is useful like i mean he scored the winner against west ham um that was the only goal of the game um but it is a player you'd like to be able to throw into those situations but without the consistency uh you have a hard time starting him all the time. And right. if that's, if that's what he wants, those two things are on a collision course. Right. Um, so I'd like to, I'd like to say, let's see another year of what he does. It, it's, 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 it's one of those things, right? He started the season and missed, I don't know how many, like 10 games or something right. um, came in, you know, subs, he scored a little off the bench and then he got a, like a run of starts and didn't really do much. Um, and then back to the bench. And it's just like always up and down and now come the end of the season, these last five games, he's popping up. Uh, with a goal or an assist so it's it's not someone I'm like we, we don't have all these scoring options or anything where it's like oh, we can yeah. afford to get rid of players who, yeah. who do actually produce at the same time it's a lot of minutes of of mid or nothing performances uh in between that kind of make you make you frustrated and make you wonder if he's pushing for his way out if you're better off just selling him now while his stock is high if it's unclear yeah. high I say relatively high because of his age <laughs> and his profile yeah. um that a, enough that a club would still pay a pretty good fee for him yeah. Um, if it's worth just doing that now rather than kind of lingering on and, and, and all that. But out of our like three players we could sell or so, I'm not sure I would throw him like out the door first yeah. unless it's clear his contract is going to become an issue. We're going to lose him for free. I think you're better off keeping him and getting rid of like either Timo or Lukaku or Ziyech, depending what he's doing, um, than maybe getting rid of this young player who, who hopefully could develop a little more consistency. Yeah. Um, we've seen plenty of players this age not be all that consistent, but um, yeah, it's a tricky one, I would say. It's, it's decision time, though, because there's two years left, and we don't want him to, don't forget, 58 million, so we didn't get him for cheap. So if we, if we yeah. do want to make a profit, 
it's decision time now. He seems like he's unhappy. I don't think he trusts Tuchel. Whenever I listen to American commentators, they don't they don't like Tuchel. Yeah, I can't see I can't see a new contract being signed anytime right. in the next six months right. unless no. There's not even enough games to prove. There's not even enough games left to prove that he's going to be a consistent starter until next season. Yeah. And and if you want to improve the attack, then that's going to require him getting even more bench time maybe. So, yeah, overall, I can't really see it working out yeah. that well. And um, I, I, at the same time, I'd be a little surprised if we sold him this summer. You think um, so? Just, it just, yeah, I, 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 not that we shouldn't. I just don't know if the club is going to seek to, to do that and still use him as someone we should have around and is a good young asset is going to try actively to get him out the door unless he actively tries to get himself out the door. Do you think I don't politics, think the club is like looking at Pulisic and being like, we have to sell this player right now. Um, do you think politics will come into it in terms of new American owners? You see Bruce Buck there chilling with Bowley and this is Captain America. I think, yeah, I think that's definitely a bit of, bit of a factor. Even, even aside from the American aspect, being um, being his age and having come for a big fee and having this sort of international profile, regardless of <laughs> of his performance level, sort of has a value in of itself. And the club will be a little hesitant to to sell him off unless it's a crazy offer. And I don't know if we're going to get that big of an offer. Thanks. So I almost I almost think they're going to kick it down the road till he actually does have a year left, and then say, well, do we sell him before it expires, or do we? I, I know, try to convince him. They just did it with, with with a couple players. I'm not saying they should, but we did yeah. just let a couple players expire because we thought we thought maybe we could convince him to sign a contract or you know mm. whatever it would be. And I don't think they're going to be. He's going to be someone they're going to be eager to actively try to get rid of, given all the other options in the squad that we I can think, move on. Yeah, I think you you paint a good point about what happened with the defense, and I feel like this year is the year of the attack where there's a lot of players with two years, and I think they tried to make the decision: who do we keep, who do we let go in the defense, and we managed to keep everyone. And then they just all went down one year. So the same thing could happen. What's interesting is we're also linked with Serginio Dest. So Barcelona are linked with Alonso and Aspi. Barcelona have the worst taste ever. But apparently they want a swap. And Chelsea, we were linked with Serginio in, in January. So I'm, I tend to believe it because it seems like we're pushing through with the same links like Kunde as well. Seems like we're pushing through that as well. With Dest, again, I asked my Barcelona friend for information. Apparently he's good attacking, why he's not necessarily defending. As a wing back, it's not necessarily that um, concerning because you don't have to do as much defensive work. But then also they said that he can play on the right and the left, which is why Chelsea might be interested. But again, that's an American as well. But to be fair, we was interested in him before. Um, before I come to you, Babs on Pulisic, a lot of times when Tuchel talks about Pulisic, <laughs> the first thing he references is that, is that the impact he can have on off of the bench and then he has to remind himself, oh, shit, I can't just say that. He can also make an impact. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's like the same thing that's going to get him angry more than anything else. Yeah. That's what um, gets his dad tweeting, you know? Exactly. So, Babs, um, the previous situation, is it really like um, a conundrum for you? Or is it just actually the good form is good because it means that we can get a good price for him? Adios. <laughs> Ciao. Adios. Bye-bye. So long. Leave taken. Sayonara. I, I'm 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 ready for him to, to go. I'll be ready. For, I'll be ready for him to go for, for a couple years. Ready for now, him man. to go, but he's gone. I was gonna say per ninety. I'm. That's what I'm saying. I'm seeing the Pulisic fans provide the facts, and I have to stand up and speak for them. I have to get mouthpiece. Per ninety, he's been our best goal scorer of the season. That's amazing. <laughs> That's, that's amazing, man. That's amazing. It speaks speaks I'm, to our other issues as much as that's anything amazing. else. That's like, amazing. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not going to say he doesn't have any value, but yeah. I, just, I, I just don't rate him. I, I, I'm ready for him to just just be gone. Like, I'm, oh man, I'm just tired of like the, the the fan base that he brings. I'm tired of like the the constant arguments. There'll be other fan bases, fan bases like, with I, new players. I, I know, I know, but you did, but but my hope is that these fan bases even if they do come the players actually worth arguing over like they're actually mm. good and consistent like okay. if, if that's the case then I'm, I'm calm with it but it's not to say that he's a bad he's like a terrible player but i just don't really i just don't really rate him man. Fair enough. But, if he but, needs to go i think it's best to get rid of him now fair enough buzzy, i'm, I'm not making a profit we're, we're definitely not making a profit on him you don't think so okay buzzy you was no way. 58 58 million yeah I think, I think we can i think we can buzzy what was you gonna say <laughs> i remember what I but what I butted it on. Um, oh God, what did I say that I responded to? Um, I'm trying to All right, we, we can come back to if you remember. Okay. Oh, I, I said something about him winning. I said, like, at the end of the day, he has won us a bunch of 
points. Um, he has. And the Champions League final, he yeah. was phenomenal. That's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, okay. what I was, that's what I was trying to remember. You know, I, come, push come to shove, we don't have a lot of people scoring much, mm-hmm. and his, his goals tend to be helpful. There are only six of them, though, in the Premier League. But he also missed a bunch of game time. So it's one of those things that's just like, it's always theoretical, like, oh, well, if he could stay fitter, if he could get this form it going, is, and, it is. and it's 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 becoming a lot of what ifs for someone who costs a lot and who is running down years on his contract. If. That said, if you're going to face me with keeping him or Werner, I don't know. I probably would sell Timo first because he's just been he's he's been mostly just bad, but he's also somebody who produces. So yeah, it's yeah, one of these yeah, things. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But all the, the, the deciding factor probably is his contract um, yeah. more than more than Timo's. So that is all what right. it is. Okay. All right. So um, who to touch on next? So what I, maybe Mount, but to be fair, Mount's making it easy to discuss him because when it comes down to it, not necessarily a downside. Like um, for someone that, again, I think he's more of a midfielder, He's hit double digits for goals and assists. The strike was great, but the all-round play was great too. I remember when Lampard was uh, in his peak, in his youth, a lot of the games, and don't forget, this is one of the reasons why the Brexit people and all the people that are like, like Cobham and stuff like that, I always remember Chelsea at that time, uh, whenever Chelsea needed someone to come through, it was Lampard, it was Terry. A lot of the time, it was either Lampard or Terry or Drogba. Um, and I think it was just, and even for Liverpool, Gerard would come through, and you look for Man United, the class of 92 would come through, then you look for, to Arsenal, and they were always spineless, and part of the analysis at that point, I would always say is, yeah, they've got people that really deeply care, that would, do you know that like John Terry put his head in the way, and that kind of whole passion thing, Arsenal fans would just dismiss, and they're all like passion merchants, and all of that type of stuff, but they could never find a way to kind of dig deep the same way like a Liverpool would when um, the, when everything was against them and Gerard would come through for them. And the reason why I say that is that Lampard at that point, Lampard would like get a goal and assist like every other game or every third game would get like a goal and assist. And I feel like Mount isn't at that point just yet, but he's getting there. And so obviously we were all talking about coming to this game and not necessarily, even though it was Leeds and even though Leeds is in a relegation zone, Everton were in a relegation zone. And um, so it wasn't necessarily cut and dried, but the game was made easy by a great Mount finish. Um, so with Mount, I don't really think there's much of a discussion, but I'm just going to throw it out to you to see if there's anything you want to say about Mount. So we'll go with Babs first. Oh, man, what, what, what could I say about the kid at this point, man? You're just, you're just proving the haters wrong day in, day out. You know, he's doing his thing. You know, he's, he's improving, a student of the game. A true baller, you know. He's come up from Cobham, you know. He, he he's helped us win a Champions League. He's gonna help us win the FA Cup on the weekend as well. Yeah. I mean, what what what, what can I say, my lad? He's, well, he's gonna be here for the long run. He's gonna be here it, to lead us to plenty of other things. Like, well, this the, is only the beginning. The, the the critics are saying Mason Mount scores again against another bottom six side. Oh man! <laughs> man <laughs> I man, brought man. this up. How, in the how, dis- how many times do we have to go? Over- <laughs> the people's golden child phone 99% of his goals or assists have come against his relegation side well, so uh, I, I do get it because I, I do agree that you do want involvement in the big games but look man three points are three points and if you're scoring or assisting and it's leading to goals and it's leading to wins it's leading mm-hmm. to goal difference how can I complain you know th- th- this will come with time you know we've already seen him dunk on Liverpool mm-hmm. you know We've, we've already seen him dunk as well. We've already seen him dunk on Arsenal. You know, I'm, talking, I'm talking about the Prem, bro. I'm talking about the Prem, you know, like, hey, listen, man, I know United, you know, Liverpool, you know, if there's more to come, don't worry, man. Don't worry. You'll be, be dunking in, in the future. It's all right. Like, I, I do get it because it's obviously like a, 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 um, a crutch that people will always use because I didn't date the top players performing the top games, but goals and assists aren't the only metric to perform, to, um, to judge a performance. So, I don't think it's the best way because even against, um, I think, was it Arsenal? Did he get an assist against Arsenal? Oh, no, he did. He did. I was going to say, even though he didn't get an assist, he played well, but he did get an assist. So yeah, I guess that's, that's another one of the, of the thing. But, yeah. But, but yeah, but, but more so for me, it's just the fact that if he's performing, I'm, I'm happy with it. But obviously, for him to get to the top level, I do agree that you would want to see more of this coming against the top teams. And when that does happen, we're going to be even more unbearable. Do you know what, do you know what struck me? The um, stat, youngest player 
for Chelsea ever to get double digits, goals and assists. And the reason why it struck me is not just necessarily a mouth thing, but that... The players we've had. No, not even that. But look, he's not 21. He's 23, right? He's not like yeah. out of our young players, he's not the youngest. But it just kind of struck me with how he's the youngest at 23. And like he's been here since 20 and everybody's talking about goals and assists, goals and assists. And don't forget, he's a, for me, he's a midfielder too. So he's not like a striker where you can demand like a goal every other game. Do you know what I'm saying? Like he's a midfielder. And I just feel like no one else has really done that, reached double go- uh, digit goals and assists. So why are we so harsh on 21-year-olds and 20-year-olds and 22-year-olds, especially if they're midfielders just trying to be attackers? Why are we so harsh with these numbers? It just kind of struck me that it's never been done before, yet people expect it like they're owed it. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely an interesting one. But I, I, I do guess, because with, with me, right, I don't really like... I don't, not that I, don't like, I, I, I kind of refrain from judging a player by his age. I'm also, I'd rather judge them by like their experience and like their exposure to the top level because some players obviously, they, they, some players will be 25 like a Diaz and this is his first season in the, the top five league, mm-hmm. you know? So like, obviously he's not young, but he's still new to the Prem and he's still new to like playing at the, the top level. So mm-hmm. I, I do get what, you, what you, your point because obviously at like, maturity level still obviously play a probably do part of the football, but I guess it's an interesting balance between the two, if you get what I mean, in terms but, of like so, experience. Yeah. And, and For that. me, yeah, so for me, it's not necessarily using age as... I just think if something's never done before, forget age. If something's never done before, how can you use that as an expectation? Do you know what I mean? If something oh, has, yeah, yeah, definitely. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah that's exactly what I'm saying. And and um, just on the kind of scoring against the small teams thing, we had that with Tammy as well. Do you know, like, when things go well for our young players, everybody's always looking at, okay, how do we critique them um, scoring against? But obviously, you brought up with the Foden thing. No one really looks at that with Foden. So um, it's just, it seems like we're trying to find sticks to beat our players with. But Buzzy, what's your kind of whole take on this before we move on to the next step? Yeah, um, well, first on the age front too, it's, I think that that generally is true. I think people are a little, especially when players come for big money. People, people always say hmm. um, when a player, when a young player moves for a lot or they're, they're speculating about a young player moving a lot, People always comment on like, oh, well, that player is going to cost so much money because of their age. And for them, that might just mean, you know, to get that player in now or because they're going to be here for a long time, whatever it is. But that also, like, if you're paying for potential on top of it, like knowing that player might need some work and have to wait. And so these yeah. players come in for big fees. Part of the big fee is wait is knowing you're going to wait and, and have them develop and what they exactly. could be even exactly. more than what they've shown. Yeah. So the expectation of, I mean, Havertz, even Pulisic to a degree, like, they are in the scheme of like the, the arc of a, of a senior level player very early on. And I know Havertz scored a bunch of goals in Germany already, and that's what people want to see. So like, I get it, but uh, it's not, none of them are finished products. And almost exactly the example with Mount where you look, oh, no Chelsea players ever done this or, oh, Mount right now is the, is the leading English uh, scorer in goals and assists this season. Mm-hmm. Um, clear, like, <laughs> clearly a lot of players at this age are not actually doing what people what people yeah. insist like you said that they should exactly. be doing so it's like if someone if someone if someone doesn't have 10 and 10 or, or 15 and 15 like their second year after moving to the Premier League having cost a lot of money um people are on their case we should sell them we should get rid of them it's like I know it's frustrating I know we want the goals now and I know we paid a lot but like have a little right. patience players do right. develop um, right. if Lampard right. wasn't doing that you know then then why would you expect it from anyone right um, and on the Mount front in particular, I will say, I I um, I did I did bring up the the uh, goals and assists are are against some of the weaker teams thing in the Discord mm-hmm. the other day, and I got I got a lot got a lot of heat, and I wasn't even people were overly defensive in my opinion about what I was what I was trying to get at with it. Yeah. I just think it's not a criticism because I will obviously take those numbers all day, and especially for a player that people were demanding end product out of, who mm-hmm. in theory is already a net gain by being on the field with his like energy and presence. Yeah, and tackling and, and his, his work within the system. Um, but if you add goals and assists on top of that, you really have no room to complain. All I was saying is the total really does look a bit a bit better than maybe you would think if you stretched out across the whole season. Uh, yeah, I was looking at the I was looking at the games because almost almost half actually I think exactly half um, of the of the goals and assists came against teams in the bottom three. So like that is if eleven of the twenty one or whatever it was come against teams that are in relegation um 
that, that's enough to make a comment on. It's not enough to write off all the results. It's like, well, you know, this, the number sounds a little better that we were beating up on the, on the worst teams. Like we know, we already know Mount could perform in the championship. You know what I mean? Like those are not the best of the best teams that he'll face. Um, but he has also put up good games against other teams. And, uh, and Mount in general for the, for the season, I would just say also on, on the goals and assist subject, the reason I bring up the, to- the raw total looking a little better is I don't think his performances have necessarily always been yeah. as good as they were last season. And so, when you when you only point to this bigger total, especially if a lot of them are against weaker sides where we maybe didn't need him to go crazy, um, then you know it's a little bit of room for criticism. The same way people look at pool six goals and and discard them because, well, he played crap for you know sixty of those minutes or whatever it is. Um, I, you know, I, that wasn't that bad, but he hasn't been always consistent performances. And this just throwing around this overall total of goals and assists yeah. papers over a little bit of what have been mediocre performances a lot of the time. Yeah, so so I think there's a couple of points that I wanted to mention. Number one, I think um, he, I think people kind of forget that when Tuchel came in last season and he moved him into these attacking twin tens, um, mm-hmm. he actually got like don't forget he came in about back in the January to so February, and from that period to the end, he quite he scored quite a lot anyway. And so for me, it's not necessarily shocking that he's got this amount just because I think it, it's on par with the ratio that he was going out since he's moved into attack properly since last season. That's number one. Number two is, yeah, we could talk about relegation, but everyone plays against these relegation sides. So everyone should be filling their boots. So that's why I still give him credit for it. But I think it's a good point because we mentioned Tammy as well. Tammy, I think a similar thing happened where he scored a lot of his contributions in a couple of games and they were against relegations, like relegation or lower league sides as well. So again, like you said, it's not something we should just immediately brush off, but at the same time, you know, like it, it's, we can't dismiss it when otherwise everyone will be doing it. Um, and yeah, I think I had another point, but forget it, let's move on. Um, I want to talk about Romelu Lukaku. I think uh, Lukaku, I saw something really interesting from another account and they put out, that um, there's only three occasions that Lukaku has touched the ball three times, uh, more than 40 times in a match. It was this match against Leeds. It was a match against, I think it was at Brentford and then Arsenal. And in all three games, he scored a goal. I think Lukaku's uh, performance yesterday w- was great. When I talk about a fluid Chelsea, I think whether it's down to Lukaku or not, I think he did really help coming back and being involved. It did really help with it. But I think in general, we moved the ball up the field well anyway. Um, but that performance is, if he if he could give us that game to game, then we're happy as Larry. Um, but the, the question is, will he give us that every single game? Now, we talk about Pulisic, who has come in and shown form. Werner, just a little bit earlier, he came in showing a bit of form. And now it's happening with Lukaku. Now, my issue is these short bursts of forms, I don't necessarily trust any of them to carry over a season, including Lukaku. So my question thrown out to you guys is, is this convincing you maybe to, because Lukaku has been linked with maybe going, but is this convincing you to maybe give it another chance for next season? So we'll start with Babs and we'll come to Bobby. Fancy. No, not the performances. That's what, that's what's going to convince me to give him another, another chance. It's, it's, it's more so the fact that I don't think we're going to be able to get rid of him for a respectable price that makes me want to give him another chance. And the fact that he's a two-call signer, so he's got a dandy sword. But, but if we could, like, even load him out, would you say, no, actually, I want him to stay? You see, the thing is, Dan, yeah? Fool me one time. Shame on you. These Italian teams and their loans, yeah? We've seen it with Bakayoko. We've seen it with Zappa Costa. Yeah. The list goes on. I don't trust these teams when it comes to but, loading. But, They're just going to keep... Aren't you happy that Bakayoko hasn't been in our squad and we've been getting loan fees for him? Yeah, I am, but... Like, I don't understand. So, so what would you rather? I don't know, man. I, I wouldn't really com- compare a, a Bakayoko, like, 30-odd million signing to a Lukaku 100 million signing. But it's still, it's still, if the manager doesn't work with the player, the yeah. solution can be to loan him out and make at least some of the money back by loaning them and then eventually selling them and then... Because it works out. Like, if we loan him for, yeah. like, two or three seasons and we get, like, seven million per season and then we get a 40 million, then we've made a good pro- proportion back. But I'm, I just want to forget about the how difficult it is to get him out. If you could, would you do it? Or actually, do you see enough to say, actually, I, want, I still want Tuchel to work with him for another season? You know what? 
it's nothing about seeing enough to think you could work from it. I'd probably have to have a, a gander on the market, see who's, who's in the market in terms of strikers, because yeah. boys, it's looking peak, man. Like the only guy I'm really seeing that's really moving me is Lewandowski. And do you want to risk it on a 34-year-old striker? You know? Okay. So, all right. All right. Buzzy. But, but if I could, if there was someone, if the opportunity to come up and there's a striker that we can get, then yeah, I'd, I'd definitely move him on if you wanted to leave. All right, Buzzy, what's your thoughts on this, this Lukaku form? Are you, um, um, is he restoring the feeling? Um, a little in the sense that I feel like, so I wasn't, I wasn't someone who was opposed. I think when we were looking at our options and we were going to spend even more on Holland, that Lukaku was, as Tuchel ended up agreeing, was the best option to, to go for if we really felt we needed a striker. Um, so I was, I was okay with it. I thought he would do better than this. Um, but I think this has sort of shown that it has been his application and that it wasn't, it wasn't like some insurmountable bad fit with the Chelsea side. I don't think it's as good as it was in Serie A, both because of the style interplayed and because of the league. But I think we should have seen a lot more than we have. Um, so I, I think it's really been about, everyone's spoken about it. Tuchel's even spoken about it. And he did the stupid interview and he commented about it. And this whole, this whole aspect of how hard he's actually, how hard he's actually trying and Tuchel's quotes were literally like, it's not, it's not just conjecture because Tuchel's literally talking about like his ability to run and move. And Lukaku was saying, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't press as much as I like was asked to, or like, it, it, you know, I, I just was taken by surprise how much I was expected to do. Um, those were recent quotes. So it's really been a lot for me, even if it wasn't going to be as much of a smash hit as he was at Inter. It's been about like, would you, if you just put in, if you just put the effort and execution in, I think this could be at least a lot better than what we've seen, which is really all I wanted out of the striker and both, both Wolves and um, this game, even before he got his goal, which was like, I thought he deserved a goal from his performance last game. Um, by the time he scored it, he was actually playing pretty well. So yes, it's not the strongest opposition, um, but it's a lot better than what we saw. And even when the goals aside, it was more it was more about his application and what he's mm-hmm. what he was doing during the course of the game. And that's what you want to see out of your strikers. Heading the ball back, he was making runs, he was moving around. Like it, it, the, the the difference is night and day. So for me, that just means it's not a complete write off of a transfer. Um, that said, if a giant fee came in, like if PSG really wanted him and threw eighty million at him, I'd say please go. We'll what do about, something else. What about sixty? Yeah, see, the sixty, I'm like, like, um, we may as well let him. Because I don't, I don't really think the season can go worse by much than it did this season. I think it's mostly upside if we try to run, Man, run it again. Buzzy, um, buzzy but, you're taking me back. You remind yeah. me of what you said about Werner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, Werner, Werner wasn't as bad. I would argue. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he I'm, has, he has been better. But I'm still uh, not, not. Oh. Yeah, not. Offer off me sixty million. I'm, I'm still actually not. All right. Okay. 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 Six, uh, sixty. Probably same. It depends if he really wants to go, but now he's talking about, you know, fighting and, and doing it next season. And I just don't think, I, I think realistically, yes, I would take, I would take a big chunk of money and say goodbye. I think realistically the club is going to be hesitant to move such a big signing on immediately like that. If a team even offers the money. So I think there's a pretty good chance we see Lukaku again next season. There's a lot of things like amortization that makes it even more difficult to do that. Um, they have to consider that. I think they take a hit if they sell him at this point, especially for a low fee. Uh, I just want to close out. I just want to close out on Trevor because Trevor um, has been out of the team. He's another one with actual junior where you look at it and it's actually, actually, when he started, we're not losing. And for me, when I watch the games, uh, even Rudiger yesterday, I feel like they're like inside. When I, we have Rudiger and Trevor, they're almost like inside fullbacks. And the way they can, like sometimes um, when I watch Saar and Alonso or Aspi and uh, Reese James, there seems like a big chasm between the wing back and the um, the wide centre-back, but when Trevor's there or when Rudiger's there, they can carry the ball to close that, and then it's so much easier, and I feel like it's part of the reasons why we can transition the ball up, and I think he had a good game yesterday, so uh, keeping it short and sweet um, uh, for this half anyway, um, before we go to the ad breaks, what do you think about Trevor? Uh, I think especially, especially when your alternative is Saar, who's been mostly bad like why why isn't he playing is how okay. I, is because how I, what i'd um, say is just quickly just quickly there it, it seems like he lacks trevor on the right not on the left so i don't think he sees sar and trevor as like uh competitors for a position yeah i mean yes but when sar <laughs> at the same time when sar has been like actively costing us goals um i'm 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 more willing to just put him really really yeah. anywhere 
Uh, and he hasn't been perfect either. He's, he's been a little shaky at times, which I think is why he got why he got dropped. But Tuba's comments on him were strange too. He's like, yeah, we talked about it. He knows why he's not being picked. Like, I don't know. We, yeah. we don't really know what quite the full picture is going on there. But cool. um, but he had a good game. I mean, I'd rather have him. I'd rather have him out there. Yeah, he had a good game for you. And then Babs on Trevor before we go to the ad break. Um, yeah, I think his performance, you know, spoke for itself. And I, I definitely do think he should have been playing a lot more than he has. But I guess this is Tuchel's way of, of doing whatever he needs to do to get the most out of him. So hopefully he actually does work and we see a bit more of him going forward. Because he has played a lot of games this season. What, 19, 19 games out of, what, um, 36, you know, for our first season? It's quite a lot when you think about the centre-backs we've got currently already who actually led us to a Champions League. So for him to force himself in and play that many games is impressive. Okay. All right. So we'll end that segment of the pod there. Thanks for uh, listening. We'll be back right after um, we play some of our sponsors. Hey guys, we're back from the ad break and we let's get some listeners' questions. So first listener question from Nick. Um, he wants to know who do you guys think is our player of the season? I'm going to start with you, Ozzy. Hmm. That's a tough one. Um, <laughs> uh, the last couple, the last couple of years have been, um, have been sort of picking from among maybe not the best options. Um, no, no strong standout contender through the year, but uh, if forced to choose, I would probably say it's between Kovacic and Mount, um, and I'd probably give it to Kovacic. He's missed time at times, which has been frustrating, but he's more or less been the first name on the team sheet this season. I think he's, he's not someone, obviously, you're going to say, look at his goal and assist total, which is you know what Matt has going for him this year, but um, he is pretty much... Uh, a has been his best Chelsea season so far, and B has been pretty crucial in giving us something we we otherwise don't have. Um, his drives, his runs, his general overall performance of doing doing a lot of both ends of the ball, but particularly activating himself a little more in the playmaking and and attack, um, which we need because nobody really else is doing it. Uh, I think have elevated him out across across the average of the whole season. I think he's been probably the most consistent and best player. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. That's an interesting choice. Um, Dan? Okay, so I actually have an app for this, which is interesting. So um, for those of you that don't know, last season we did this in a Discord manually, and I was just using Google Sheets, and I was collecting everybody's opinions. Um, but this this year I've got an app called Underrated, and it can help you track your opinion, because the way that, and this has become a sales pitch, by the way. <laughs> hashtag ad, hashtag sponsored. Hashtag. <laughs> exactly. But essentially... Um, like if I was to ask you about a meal you tasted in the restaurant a year ago, you probably it's probably not the best time to answer. And so when it comes to this part of the season, I think recency bias creeps in heavily and I'm seeing uh, names like Mount being brought up. But I can give you, so what this app does, it tracks your own opinion, but it also tracks the community opinion. And the community opinion, when I'm looking at the person with the best average rating for the season, it's Lewis Hall. <laughs> but he obviously hasn't played that many games. But the player that, from the community opinion from Chelsea fans, that have has had the best season is Thiago Silva. Um, so I think this is kind of, obviously, we send a notification straight after the games, people give their opinions. And so it aggregates it and it takes, it takes into account all the se- um, performances across the season, so not just Premier League. But I think even without that, if you think about it, Thiago Silva has been ever-present. He's played way more. There's a, I think there's a couple of players that have played way more than they should have played. And Thiago Silva, the idea, I think, was to play Thiago Silva and then uh, not as much and let Christensen play for him because he is 37. But he's played so well and so consistently that he's been trusted more and more. And I just feel like he's been a stalwart. And there's so many games where it's just like, um, even like rivals are watching to see, oh, he's... He's old. Maybe we can take advantage of him. And he's, if anything, he's just like, no, like he's the one you can't take advantage of. He's been a leader. Um, and then so he's been, um, according to the, all the Chelsea fans on the app anyway, that are best performer. The one that comes next is Trevor Chalabar, but maybe he's not ever present. Then we've got Ben Chilwell, who's been obviously injured. And then Kovacic. So that kind of aligns with what Buzzy said. Um, but yeah, mine will be Thiago Silva. And we're also joined by Joe. What are you saying, Joe? I'm good. I'm good. Hope all you guys are good too. Yeah, we're just doing listeners' questions. So um, uh, before I go back to Babs, Joe, who has been your player of the season for Chelsea? That's a tough one. 
I'd give it to, to be honest, I haven't really been blown away by too many people. I'd give it to Ruben, to be honest. <laughs> I, okay, which well, is fair. It's fair. I, I didn't mean to laugh. That's, listen, audience, that's not me belittling in Joe's opinion. That's just my immediate response. Um, <laughs> it's all good. I was going to give it to Rich James personally. I, I think if there's anybody who's been a standout in terms of performance-wise at the top level, I think he, I think he's been far and away the best easily. I think he's been better than Thiago Silva as well. I think Silva he started the season really well, and he had like a lot of highs, especially at the UV game with the you know the, the goal line clearance. But of recent, I, I don't know about you guys, but he's been poor. I, I think he's been quite poor. And mm-hmm. for me, if, if anybody that I think is actually performing at the top level and like continuing to play the season, I think for me it's Rich James. I think Mount has a case for the goals and assists and, you know, the involvement in the Champions League as well. So, like, he's there as well. I wouldn't give it to Kovacic. I don't think he's played enough games. Um, How did you give it to Reese? He missed, he missed, yeah, yeah, he missed Reece, Reece has missed games, but he's, he's, I think he's, I'm pretty sure he started more league games than, than, than um, Will, Kovacic. And in yeah. my opinion, I think he's been better in the league. Hold on, our, well. stats, our stats people are pulling up the numbers. I'm the stats people. I think... He's played yeah. better than um, conversation in the league as well. So. Which is fair, but you did bring up the games. And I think that uh, yeah, if you're bringing games... Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm, I can guarantee to start at least 20 games. Whereas I don't think Coventry should start more than 15. Mm, okay, well, Buzzy, you're, you're on that. You're on the fact-checking. Whilst we're doing that, Joe, you've got to explain the, the RLC thing. Because I think RLC has definitely outperformed their expectations this season. But again, I just don't think that he started enough games for it. So what's your thoughts? Why did you pick... Uh, uh, to be honest listening to Bab speak about Reese kind of maybe put in perspective a bit but what I will say is that for a player that at the start of the season a lot of people weren't even expecting to get that many games and mm-hmm. a lot of people kind of wanted to ship off yeah the performances he's given off off the bench in little cameos mm-hmm. to the point that now he's a player that we need to rely on because of injuries and he's actually carrying his own weight and a lot of players that we've had this season have looked a bit questionable. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I for think... me, that's the main reason why, isn't it? He's really just come through for us in ways that a lot of people didn't expect. Yeah. Obviously, me, I expected it, but a lot of other people, mm-hmm. they just wrote him off in it. So yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. he's my player this season. Yeah. In Babs' defense, in Babs' defense, in Babs' defense, James has made four more starts. And all, only, only only for a hundred more minutes total that he's yeah, uh, or yeah, for them than Kovacic though. Yeah, so exactly. they're very, but very close. Let let that one go. And then also just on the app, I'm looking at it, and Reese has, and I can't remember this because one of the reasons why I created this app, my memory is so bad when it comes to football game. I've literally <laughs> into the, the um garbage collector as soon as it's gone. But like it's showing that Reese has had a bad period. Um, December against Leeds when we lost 3-2 he had a poor score but maybe we just all had poor scores Wolves Brentford Aston Villa he had a poor like really low then Brighton he had a four as well and then looting game and then Brentford again low um, and obviously the Real Madrid game I can't remember what happened there but I remember but yeah so it's showing that he's had a bad period but to be fair to be fair it's cool um, we've all had our say on that one so Babs what's the next question Okay, no worries. So next question from wow, us. four different answers all about too, which is good. Yeah, which is good. Uh, yeah, but it also speaks to our season. I do think Reese is a good champ for what it's worth. I think that that um, I I think I thought Kovacic missed a little less time than than he did. I forgot quite how long he was yeah. out for with that with that injury. Um, Reese is Reese also showed how much we missed him while he was gone. So yeah. there was that. Hundred percent. Cool. Next question from C's. Um, how many years would you give a high wage contract to Lewandowski, given he'd be thirty four? with the new season beginning. I'm going to start with you, Dan, on that one. How many years will I give a contract? Really, it depends on how much we pay for him. But I wouldn't... Like, if we was to get him on a free, really cheap, then I'd get him. But I wouldn't get him. If not, not at 34. Um, not in this Tuchel system where we want people to press high. Do you know what I'm saying? We can't complain about Lukaku's lack of movement and then bring a 34-year-old as a long-term solution. Um, so... Like, I remember we had Eto come in and Drogba come back at that age. And so if he was to come in, it'd probably be a very short-term solution like it was for Eto and Drogba. So, yeah. Would, I don't know if I agree, because if, if you look at the way Lewandowski's been, I mean, I think he's, he's in a lot better physical shape than those two were when they did come in at mm-hmm. that age. 
I think I think Drogba has been like Drogba's always been a physical specimen. Um, do you know what I'm saying? So I don't I don't necessarily think and then to be fair with Eto too, like both of them have been lean players. And I think with Lewandowski, look, no one's saying that he's not someone like Zlatan. He keeps in shape, but it's just like I don't I wouldn't like I think it's lazy to be fair to make that a long-term option at 34. Do you know what I'm saying? Especially for a striker in Tuchel system yeah. where you have to be running around. Okay, so you're saying not long-term, but would you get him a short-term contract? Then? If it's, this is what I'm saying. If it's cheap, like I'm not yeah. paying loads of money for yeah. it. Sorry. Yeah, I hear it. I hear it. I hear it. Um, next question from Prash. Um, do you guys think um, Tuchel made a conscious effort to work with Lukaku or do you think it's just a quality of opposition? I'm going to start with you, Joe, on that one. Is that for the season overall? Um, so of recent, do you, do you think he's made a conscious effort to, to work with Lukaku or do you think he's just a quality of a position in the recent? I do think a bit is a bit of both, really, because from watching the last game, I could see that Rom, obviously himself, physically looks a bit, he looks better than he did like midway through the season. And... Yeah, like I feel like we're trying to find him more early in midfield and like with our wing backs, we're trying to make sure that we pick him out more because I feel like that's what he's been crying out for all season. So I do think it's a bit of both. Like obviously the opposition we faced haven't been amazing, but at the same time we we've lost to not that great opposition. We literally lost to Everton. So it's like I don't really think the opposition matters. It's just about how he applies himself. And as well with the tactics that we do use. So, yeah, I do think it's been a bit of both. Mm, definitely, definitely fair. Um, I have a question from Prash. Um, thoughts on Bowley? I'm going to have to come over to you, Barty, on that one um, for no reason in particular. Yeah, why is that? Why is that? <laughs> um, it's just why, no, no specific question on Bowley. Um, I think, yeah, thoughts? I think Prash was talking just in general like, about his um, the major league basketball model that he's had with the Dodgers. I guess what you think you could bring to yeah, so I mean, there's an optimistic side and, and there's a sort of pessimistic side, right? Um, they, so in general, you can look at the Dodgers as part ownership in the Dodgers, which he's not fully responsible for, but the majority owner of the Dodgers did join the bid, bid theory. So uh, you, can, you can rightly attribute their success, um, I think. That's probably fair at this point. Um, if you look at them, they're a team, and he's done talks where he's spoken about this, um, where he thinks that spending and winning are great ways is to make your team bigger, make your team more successful, make your brand bigger, which is what fans want to hear, right? You don't want to hear someone who's talking about just purely marketing, purely taking out the value and just kind of coasting on the on the, the, the level of the club that already exists. Um, people are seeing them and they're fearing, you know, the United approach and the Glazer, uh, the Glazer approach and then the Kroenke approach with Arsenal as well. So there's good and bad because then you look at Liverpool, which is what they're hoping this mirrors because of his involvement with the Dodgers and because he's spoken on uh, data analytics and scouting and, and kind of setting, stepping up our, our setup in that regard, which is an area we could use improvement. Um, and that's where people are optimistic, where we take a more uh, a data-driven approach and analytics approach and say, okay, where can we improve? Where can we more efficiently use our resources uh, and sort of build in these, these uh, this more organized approach and, and buy these players who are maybe undervalued or who aren't stars yet instead of just spending money on hit and miss transfers on big names. So that's the idea. I mean, it's, it's, it's nicer in theory to say that it'll work out exactly like that. We obviously don't know. Um, there's the aspect of the fact that he's backed by Clear Lake, which is, you know, private equity. And they can't, I believe, sell their shares for 10 years. So they're not going to be able to turn it into a quick cash out. And Chelsea also isn't profitable. So it's not one of those things where it's like, well, they're going to coast on us. We're not making money right now. They have to, they have to make us do that first if they want, um, if that's purely their game plan. So between those protections we put in place, which people have been calling the anti-glazer clause, so we don't we don't end up in the same situation as them, um, there's reason to be optimistic. And I think I know people miss Roman kind of the ideal owner in a vacuum as far as uh, spending money, not asking questions and not getting involved beyond just wanting to win and spending unlimited money. All was great, obviously brought Chelsea a lot of success. In a modern game, every, a lot of a lot of teams have money, and there's a lot of room for improvement on spending well and spending efficiently. Um, so since the Roman thing has to happen and we don't have a choice, it's not a choice between keeping Roman and, and moving on to this group, right? Roman's going either way. So you have to look at it and say, okay, well, that period was good, but it is gone no matter who we'd rather be the owner. Um, and there's a reason to be optimistic and hope that this could, if not be better, I mean, maybe it turns out better, um, 
but could also be good in its own way. So we hope we hope we see some smart buys. We hope they put the people in charge who know what they're doing in front of football club, which is something that he's spoken about with the Dodgers as well, um, getting the people to to run the team that you trust rather than pretend you know everything and try to just just dish out money to to names you've heard of. Uh, that's, right. <laughs> that's the kind of thing we hope doesn't happen. You just chase names. And so if people are in place, maybe check and Marina stay in place and they can continue to do their job and work with him and work with the ownership group. Uh, hopefully we see success. There's a lot of variables, so no one's going to pretend to know have all the answers, but um, there's reason to be optimistic. Yeah, just quickly, I'll, I'll chime in on this. Uh, so I think when people talk about the, the data approach and et cetera. Mm, I think there's a bit of a, a romanticism about that, you know. Okay, you say what you want to say first. Yeah, no, no, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you go, actually. I'll let you go first. Um, okay, cool. So essentially, I know that um, people think, look to Liverpool using the data approach and all of this type of stuff. Actually, I think Chelsea was one of the first to take a data approach. We had a guy called Michael Ford, and this is one of the reasons why we signed um, Daniel Sturridge. They identified from the few matches that he played under Man City that this is someone that Michael Ford talked about, it, but he just came out in terms of English talent. It kind of showed his potential, and we went on to see what he could do. Um, but obviously, he, like this was way before a lot of teams even had a data department the only reason why I mention is when people said like we want to take a smarter approach it's almost with the idea that we haven't been data led now the reason why I want to mention that is because there's loads of teams now using since Moneyball that are using statistics departments and that are data led it's not just about trying to be data led but actually finding the right model so you're identifying the right players and so essentially when we were linked with Bowley it's they said apparently we were wanted to get Paul Mitchell who I think it looks like he's going to uh, United. He's a, I think he's actually a Man United fan. He's a Mancunian. And he's been with the Red Bull guys. And um, I, I think a lot of people have heard that I think he was responsible for the likes of Nkunku and, and then other players. Um, so it's interesting. For me, it's interesting. Obviously, it's a different approach. Whenever you bring in new people, they're going to kind of slightly change things. It's interesting to see how it manifests. But I always just kind of caveat when people say, we're going to take a data approach. It's like, yeah, we've probably been doing that already. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I agree. I, I do think, I don't know, I feel like people say that, but I think what people may mean is that they, they want cheaper signers that are going to be hits, if, if that makes sense. Like, I, I think that's what people really want. Because yeah. I don't think there's any way that a, a top club at Chelsea aren't using data in their analysis. They are. So what, I, what yeah. I've heard, to, to combine your two points, what I've heard is, is Chelsea's uh, approach. They were, as Dan said, one of the first teams to do that but they're, they're still sort of using the same system and literally the same software that they right. use uh, back then as, as they do now. And basically it has come a long way since then. And clubs have a lot more people doing more modern approaches. Um, they've hired on more people. It's really, especially the past five years, this has really blown up. Um, and yeah. Chelsea's sort of still holding on to a, a relatively basic way of doing it. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's sort of modernized the way they're doing it a bit. And, and I think no one would argue that our scouting has been a little questionable. Um, yeah, so, you know. What I'd say is interesting, though, because like, I know people talk about our scouting, but I just feel like when it comes to Chelsea and Talent ID, I, I always find it really interesting because this is Talent ID through, throughout the organisation. One of the reasons why people talk about La Cobham is because of the Talent ID at a younger level. Now, number one, we've had a lot more money to throw at these young players as well. So that, that's another thing. But there's a reason why we have a lot of the best talent. It's because of the talent ID from the young ages. And when people talk about, we fucked up Salah, we fucked up KDB, we fucked up all of these players, there's a reason for that. Again, there has been good scouting along the way. So whereas everybody just wants to rubbish it, but there's, there's, we, we can only lose good players if we're finding good players. And that's, I just want to give that kind of other side to it. But I do agree in terms of, obviously, technology, you have to keep up. Uh, from what I've heard, when they're talking about the software that is outdated, that's used more for internal scouting. Because um, I know Emmanuel mm. talked about that software. I'm not sure if you're talking about that's the same software. But yeah, they're still using the same software for the internal scouting. I'm not sure if they're... Because I know that there's a, a third-party um, so software that a lot of... Like Scout and there's other ones. But but yeah, for, for, for the scouting thing, I'm, I'm super interested to see what direction it could take. I'm not necessarily someone that thinks straight away they're going to come in and it's going to be all this glitz and glam. But yeah, I'm super intrigued to see how it's going to go. Yeah, that's yeah. the optimistic long-term sort of approach. When's the last time you think, to, uh, not to make this too long, but 
that we've scouted because we mentioned the Salah, the KDB. That, I feel like that was the last time we really found players that weren't on other teams' radars yet. Was that era? And that was kind of a, a while ago. We now, were interested in Shu and Many before everybody else. Mm-hmm. We were interested in Kukurella, um, under Lampard. Do you know, like Barella? Do you like this? Is what I'm saying. So, in terms, yeah, of- that's true. The last few years, it comes out. Oh, Chelsea actually was tracking him all along. And yeah, yeah. So and, and- too, apparently, supposedly. And, and what the, the reason why I bring that up is because scouts can't make the club buy players. Mm-hmm. So in terms of execution and who, like the manager might say, actually, just get me Lukaku. But that doesn't mean that the scouts are at fault because the scouts are presenting options. I always see Chelsea uh, first on the scene for a lot of good players. Yeah, this is, yeah. This is true. The yeah. last time we, I guess the last time we scouted and acted on a bunch of young talents was when yeah. we got all those Belgian players, you know, before anyone really... And that's not necessarily about the scouts, it's more about who's making the yeah. decisions. Who's yeah. making decisions to buy them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. I guess that's a good place to end the podcast, though. So, um, yeah. yeah, I guess. Good one. Yeah, thanks for joining. All right, cheers. Cheers, guys. Cool. Good to have you. Peace. Love. When I shot my shot, but I didn't have got so I hit the post. But next time it's a golden goal. And it- Sports Social Podcast Network.